This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Thursday. Lots going on in the NFL. So joining us now is Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora, host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, covering the entire NFL. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Jason LaConfora. Jason, thanks for the time this morning, man. We always appreciate it out here in Portland, Oregon. I want to start in your backyard with what's going on in Baltimore with the Ravens and Lamar. We've had you on to talk about this, and it's, mm-hmm. it still seems like an unclear picture of what's going to transpire, but just from what you're hearing, it's it's always hard for me this time of year of, like, what's getting thrown out there to the media just to negotiate oh, yeah. publicly and what's real. So yeah. what what's going on with Lamar in Baltimore? Is there a chance that this is it's it? He's played his last game in a Ravens uniform. Oh, it's it's there's a very real chance. There's a, there's a substantial chance um, that – the last time he played in a Ravens uniform was uh, getting helped off the field um, and hobbling up a tunnel uh, of a game, I believe. The Ravens ended up winning 10-9 against the Denver Broncos, which yeah. would be a pretty ignominious uh, ending to something that looked like it was going to be uh, and an maybe an unrivaled era of sort of fun, entertaining football in this town. Certainly like nothing we've seen before with the Ravens, who have obviously uh, reached the mountaintop and, and have done some extraordinary things. But, you know, it wasn't with a unanimous MVP quarterback who <laughs> took the league by fire. It was because of guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs. And, you know, we could go on and on. Um the franchise tag period is, is, is almost upon us now. It's uh, it opens less than a week from now. And if they don't have a deal done by March 7th, and I would be absolutely stunned if they did be stunned if they made any real moment, had it, you know, gain any momentum towards a deal by March the 7th, you know, that, then you're playing a very dangerous game. Um, he can sit on that tag until right before week one. You know, they hired Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator this week. It's a, it's a smart move. It makes a lot of sense. But Todd Munkin's going to be doing some very different things than Greg Roman. And to think that you can navigate an offseason with your best player hanging out in South Florida, because he's pissed at you, and rightfully so, that you've never given him a penny over what the CBA said you had to give him for five years. And He's got no financial, you know, incentive whatsoever to show up for you until he gets paid, which is week one. I, I don't, and that doesn't strike me as um, tenable. You know, yeah, that that yeah. doesn't strike me like there's a lot of smart people around here who've been banging heads about this topic for years. I don't think the answer is um, 
tag him, let him sit on $45 million, and let's see when he shows up. Like, let, let's see if he cut, like, let's see if he does us a favor, even though we've never done him any. Like, I, I think that would be a really naive S9 approach. Um, and so the alternative is we tag him to protect our contractual rights to him, and then we facilitate a trade before the draft. Right? And, and honestly, we've already got Derek Carr on the, on the market, right? I would think they want to facilitate a trade at the Combine where they've got a pretty good idea of who really wants them and where he's willing to go and what the price point is and who's willing to pay the freight. I, I think anything other than that, you could borderline on some real um, managerial negligence. They've, they've only got five draft picks. The owner doesn't spend big in free agency. To, to go through your offseason that way, just adding some marginal players, hoping you hit with the limited draft picks you have, and then praying that Lamar shows up in time to play week one. I, I mean, I, you could you could do that, but I don't know that that's smart. Jason, I, I had other questions, but I, I'm so fascinated by what you're saying. Um, they've given that city Super Bowls. They've given that city a reason to believe in what they do as a franchise. So kind of a two-parter. One, how would the fans respond to the team trading Lamar because he is so fun and entertaining? And – where do you where do you kind of side on this? Do you think the Ravens is no brainer? Give them the contract, move on, and move forward, or do you understand why the Ravens are hesitant here? Well, I I think something we talked about ad nauseum on on my show here to the point where people are like, why do you keep talking about this every day? Was going back to the start of the twenty twenty one season when Josh Allen got paid, and you know at that point in time, Josh Allen no one was putting him in the pantheon that he's in right now, right? He had showed promise. He had had one sort of breakthrough season, but he hadn't had a long playoff run. You know, he had still been inaccurate for a good part of that three-year sample size in his career. Um, and there were still some questions. Now, the Bills didn't have any. And when they got him at 42 and you knew Dak was going through his deals with Dallas and he's going to get, you know, paid anyway, even though he got hurt, like that was the top, like that was the moment because the price is only going to go up, and if you're not willing to pay him market value now, you know the odds of him winning the Super Bowl the following year. You know when you still have this Brady and Mahomes thing and all this other stuff going on, and your roster's not as good. You're you're already slipping in the roster department a little bit, and the new GM is not nearly as good as the old GM. Like. That was the moment in time to get Lamar what would be a bargain now. Had they given Lamar a million dollars more a year than Josh Allen, then he's making 43-44, and they got a five-year extension done there, no one's, no one's obsessing about every pass he throws. No one's obsessing about every injury. And he, and he probably does play in that playoff game. Because, you know what I mean, you, you would have done something that at least at a moment in time – neutral parties could look at and say that makes sense for everybody. That That's fair market. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's played below market value for you for five years now. You were nowhere close to offering him Josh Allen money then, and you're nowhere close to offering him Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson money now, yet he's better than all them. He's still done things that they haven't done. Um, and your, your franchise wins three of every four games with him, and they lose three of every four games without him. But you still don't want to pay him, and yes, you mismanaged it. And I didn't think the Deshaun Watson thing was going to happen, but I did think that Aaron Rodgers was going to keep squeezing in Green Bay and become a $50 million man. Like, he didn't have to be a genius to see that coming. Like, 
it, Russell Wilson, I'm reporting on it, other people are reporting on it years before. He, I mean, people hated me in Seattle because two years before they traded him, I'm like, he's never going to get another contract there. It's over. They either trade him now, they're trading him 11 months from now, but it's over. And everybody knew that. And what happens when he gets traded? He gets more money. <laughs> but these jack clowns here live in their own little world, thought they could get this kid for below market value because he doesn't have an agent, thought he'd flinch, thought he'd come crying back to them, but he didn't. And so now, yeah, I think it's over. Wow. Unbelievable. That's one of the greatest rants we've ever had from a guest. I love it. I want to continue on this thought process. We're talking with Jason LaCamfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, at Jason LaCamfora on Twitter. You know, on, on this thought, we were trying to noodle on this earlier. Maybe there's a name that we're forgetting that jumps out to you, but I've been trying like, we, this has always been a debate of like, hey, will, will there be an NFL team that doesn't pay their quarterback because the cap hits too high and we don't want to give him that much money? Like, we, Kirk Cousins, I guess, kind of falls into that category, but he wasn't a, an MVP in the NFL. He didn't have a playoff win when he was in Washington. We had a listener that texted in, well, well, Drew Brees kind of had this in San Diego, and it's like, yeah, he was good. The injury injury concerns there, but again, he didn't win an MVP. So, is there a name that we're forgetting? Could Lamar be the first? And then the, the fun thought exercise of if there is a team out there that jumps into the mix and wants to execute a trade, a, I guess, where's the fit that that makes sense, and b, what what kind of haul are we talking about here? Well, I don't know that there's a comp for this. I, I there probably isn't. There hasn't been one that's leapt to mind for me. And again, this is a topic. Um, that I, I don't even know. I don't even want to know how many hours I've spent, you know, talking about this <laughs> over the last two and a half years. I, I really don't. Or writing about it or whatever, thinking about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure there's there's quite a comp like this um, where you've got the specter of he is a first-round pick, right? So that's different than, you know, you mentioned Cousins. That's a different specter. Like, he had to play out the fifth-year option. <laughs> And then they're still having it hauling, and now they're just going to tag him. Um, yeah, I mean, usually you're more willing than not to hope that what you see is real than to make this, you know, than to make someone who's already done this much keep kind of going on a prove it type scenario. Now, you know, this this would effectively be four straight years because you could have paid him after year three, right? So there's right. year three, year four, year five, and now franchise tag, like four basically prove it situations. For unanimous MVP at the quarterback position, I, I don't, I don't know a comp for it. As to who would want him, I think there's plenty of teams. Um, you know, you've got all the teams who were chasing Deshaun Watson last year, except for Cleveland. That they're all still effectively in the same boat. Um, so I think you could look at any of them, and I really think you know, Atlanta and Carolina are two that scream out to me. Um, I think Miami, the owner, would do it. I think these guys would prefer to trade him to the NFC. You know, I think Woody Johnson of the Jets would do it. I don't know that his football people would be as into it, but, again, this is going to be driven by ownership. This is going to be an owner-to-owner deal, um, one who doesn't want to pay him what he's worth versus one who will. Um, but I think Atlanta, I mean, they've, they've got a top-ten pick, right? I mean, I think you get, what is it, ninth overall these guys would be all over A.J. Terrell. They love corners. That's all they want is corners, 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 corners. <laughs> so you'd get a cheap stud corner on his rookie deal, which they love that too. Uh, I think you could get Grady Jarrett thrown in if you want to beef up your interior defense, although Calais Campbell says he wants to come back for another year. I think you'd get next year's one from Atlanta, which Atlanta would think that's going to be a late one because we're winning, we're winning this crappy division with Lamar Jackson playing on a fast track on turf in a dome. Forget about it. <laughs> Um, 
And I think you'd get, a, you know, a couple of twos or a two and a three or something like that. Like, I think that's a reasonable trade, and I think that's something that Atlanta would do. I mean, what's Arthur Blank, 84, 85 years old? He had that beautiful stadium he got built. They've never played a meaningful football game in it, like literally. They haven't. He'd go from, you know, a low-revenue team in terms of merchandising and stuff to, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's Falcons jerseys would, would fly off the shelves down there and, He'd fill his stadium, and I think he'd go to the playoffs, and he's got the tight end. He's got a, a wide receiver. Um, you know, you keep a Cordero Patterson around, like Cordero Patterson and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, that's enough to win that division. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that one to me just has been screaming out for months. There you go, Jason Lockham for a great stuff on the Baltimore Ravens situation. He's our Odyssey NFL insider. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That we was meant, great. We meant to ask you some non-Lamar Jackson questions. I'm sure you're sick and tired of talking about it. So. It happens all the time. <laughs> we apologize. We all Give him a follow Don't on worry. Twitter at Jason Lockham for it. Thanks, man. We always appreciate it. You got it. Have a great show. Thanks, guys. There you go. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.